This is a message from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Flemington, New Jersey. Come and worship with us every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for our traditional service or at 10 a.m. for our contemporary service. What is something you want to change in your life? Maybe you've wanted to change it for a while now. Is it a bad habit? A bad relationship? A bad attitude? A bad situation? Maybe it's a bad decision. What is it that you look at and you just can't help but you, you can't just help but say, this just isn't right. This has got to change. We live in a society that offers instant change. We watch TV, and we change the channels with a click of a button. We look at our iPhone and change the screen instantly with a tap or with a swipe. We zap our food in that micro- microwave, and it's ready to eat in minutes or less. And because we change channels and screens and food so fast, we think we should be able to change our lives with a click of a button or with a tap, or a swipe on a screen, or with just the zap in the microwave. We're in a series on the book of Exodus, and today I want to talk with you about how God changes us, and it isn't instantaneous like we would hope. God uses the same process with Moses. That's what it is. It's a process. Change, true change, godly change is a process because godly change takes time. Exodus 2 tells us that one day when Moses was 40 years old, he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite. Remember last week we learned that Moses was sent down the river and he was in fact an Israelite and then he grew up as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. And so what does Moses do when he sees this terrible act taking place? Well, Moses then turns and he kills the Egyptian. And then the next day, Moses sees that same Israelite who was being beaten. And Moses thinks that when this Israelite sees him, that he'll say, Thank you, you saved my life. But he doesn't. Instead, the Israelite is angry. And he even says to Moses, Will you kill me too? And just like that, the word gets out about Moses. The Pharaoh finds out, and knows, Moses knows that he's about to be taken out. And so he hightails it out of Egypt, and he ends up working for his father-in-law, Jethro, for 40 years. And that's where we pick up Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Moses was tending flock for his father-in-law, Jethro, for 40 years All Moses sees are sheep. All he hears are sheep. All he thinks about, all he smells are sheep. Talk about getting stuck in a rut, right? And Moses at that time has to be thinking, this just isn't right. This has to change. It happens to us too, doesn't it? We get stuck in a rut. So what is it for you? 
What is, it, what is that rut that you're stuck in? Are you overly critical of other people? That they are always the problem? Is your spending out of control and outside your means? Have you lost your ambition, your desire, your enthusiasm to study God's word, to live a life of integrity, maybe even to follow Jesus? Like Moses, we say, this just isn't right. This has to change. But remember, it's a process. And the process of change begins with God's presence. In Exodus, it says, the messenger of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. This is no ordinary messenger. This is actually Jesus before he was Jesus in Bethlehem. And this is no ordinary fire. This is the fire of God. Something that is seen throughout the Bible. Like when the fire of God appears as God calls Gideon and Amos or as God calls the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Jesus even says that we are baptized as brothers and sisters in Christ, as people of God's kingdom. We are baptized with fire, the fire of God. So why is God present in fire? Well, wherever there is fire, you can be sure that something happens every single time. Change. And so what does Moses say? He says, here am I. Here I am. God, I'm at your service. Take my life. Lord, I'm ready to change. And then the Lord said to Moses, I've seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of these harsh slave drivers. Yes, I know their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them. Did you catch that? He says, God says, I know their suffering, and so I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to come down to rescue them. God loves us right where we are. But God loves us too much to leave us where we are. So he comes down. He comes down with fire. The fire, the power of his word. Even today. To fire us, to put a fire in us for devotion and passion and love for Jesus. Especially during the season of Lent, as we draw closer, as we are led, as we just sung, as we are led to that cross. Remember, change, though, is not, does not happen in an instant. It's a process. And that process continues on and on, especially through God's plan. It says, the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I've seen the, the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So then he says to Moses, now go. I'm sending you. Think about that for a second. God sends Moses. Moses is 40 years old in Exodus chapter 2. 
And surely at that time, God can use him to bring his people out of oppression and slavery that they're currently in. But now, Moses has been in the desert tending flocks for 40 years. So by the time we get to Exodus chapter 3 and where God calls him, he is now 80 years old. But that doesn't matter because God intends to use Moses. So Moses replies to God, here I am. But he also says, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? But notice what God doesn't say. God doesn't say, Moses, where's your confidence? Moses, where's your spirit? Moses, don't you know that you can do anything if you just put your mind to it? God doesn't say any of that. Because who am I is already the wrong question. Who am I is always the wrong question. The right question is, God, who are you? So who is this God? You see, he is the God who changes us. He is the God who changes us through a process, asking us to live by faith, but not alone. He responds to Moses, I am with you. I will be with you. And he doesn't put limits on that promise. I will be with you, period. And then he tells Moses, and this will be the sign that you know of what has happened according to God's plan. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you all will worship God on this mountain that he's currently standing. This is really shocking, right? When you, when you stop and think about it, because God asked Moses to be patient. God asked Moses to wait for this sign. What about us? Are we patient? Do we wait? As we're desiring to see change, we don't want a sign in the future. We want something right now. Something tangible that we can hold on to. But it doesn't always work that way because change is a process. One step at a time. And you see God's plan unfold one step at a time as you continue to say, here I am. God calls us to keep taking steps towards getting our finances straightened out, towards repairing that relationship, towards getting serious about the words that we use with one another, about being humble, about being loving, truly loving the way that God calls us to love in this world. He told Moses, when you get to that mountain, see, we will get to that mountain. Change isn't fun. Most of the time it's ugly and gross It's messy, 
It's scary. And when we're faced with the changes that God wants us to make, sometimes we would rather run away and settle for a comfortable life, a life that is familiar. In fact, Moses came up with four excuses why he just didn't want to change. The first one was this, I don't know your name. And so God gave Moses his name. He said, I am. Which in the Hebrew, that word actually means I was, I am, and I will be. Jesus uses that same name. He says, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. The second excuse was that Israel's leaders wouldn't believe him. So God gave Moses two miracles. The rod that turns into a snake and a leprous hand that heals. And God gives us so many miracles, things that we can point to, but he especially gives us two miracles to fix our eyes on that cross where Jesus has paid for all of our sins, where they are all removed, and that empty tomb which says that even death has been defeated by Jesus. The third excuse for Moses was that he wasn't a fluent speaker. So God sent, Mo- so, so God sent Aaron. Then Moses said, somebody can do it better than me. And that's when God said, Moses, you are the man. So Moses followed. What are your excuses? Maybe it's, God, I'm too old. Or, God, I'm too young. Or, God, I'm too messed up. Or, God, I'm too tired. Or, God, that's too much work. The voice from the bush is the voice of the Lord's messenger, Jesus. And Jesus says to you, I love you. I shed my blood on the cross for you, and I'm not finished with you. There's work to do, and you are not alone. I will be with you. And you have each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. You are not alone. So, what's your response? In the early 19th century, Napoleon Bonaparte was in the middle of a huge battle. And his officers said, if we don't retreat now, we will be annihilated. So Napoleon called his bugler and he ordered him, sound the retreat. The 14-year-old bugler began to cry. Napoleon commanded him again, sound the retreat. Finally, the bugler replied, I was never taught how to sound a retreat. I was only taught how to sound an advance. In that case, Napoleon said, sound an advance. And the bugler sounded the advance. And history records that Napoleon won that battle. And right now, you may be calling on God to sound the retreat 
because you think maybe he chose the wrong person or because you don't think that you're fit. But God only knows how to sound in advance. And God is determined to shape, to mold, and to make you into the person he intends you to be. So our only response is really, Lord, here I am. In Jesus' name, amen.